Hello, everybody. Today is going to be our last day in looking at the book, A Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. If you haven't gotten it, oh, I encourage you to do so. Uh, it is free on Kindle, so you can download it through Amazon and get it free, mainly because it is a quick, easy read, but definitely something worth meditating on. And we're going to wrap it up this week because as I keep looking further into the book to decide which parts and topics I'd like to touch on, it's getting to the point where I can't really choose anymore. They're so good and they just keep building on one another. Some of the ones that I was looking at even for today, number 16 is the obedience born of love. 17, liberation from self-love. That one's really good. And it's one that I contemplated sharing with you today, but realized it's really something that needs to be so deeply meditated on. And it's not going to come across, <laughs> it's not going to come across gentle at first. It's something you really need to sit with because I think if you hear it through this podcast microphone, it quite possibly could just kind of build up walls of resentment and then make it ineffective. So I pray that you take a peek at that one. It's very telling right now in the world that we are living in. I think we see it a lot and I think it's really easy for us to see it in other people. So it's good to take that opportunity to sit back and maybe evaluate ourselves in light of self-love and what that looks like. Perspective in trials is number 18. Chosen for prayer is a really interesting one as well. Saved for good works, a heart for the poor. There's good reminder upon good reminder, hope for heaven, all of these things that the gospel can preach to us, mortifying the flesh with fullness. Just that title makes me go, mm, I should probably really work on meditating and rehearsing that one. But the one that I want to touch on with you today as we wrap up our this is our fourth week talking about this book is, it's number 28 in the book. It's called Thankfulness Enriched by Relief. Now, if you haven't been with us over the last three weeks, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. What we're doing is we're walking through this book, A Gospel Primer. The purpose of this book is to reveal the journey of the author and the things that he has learned in the importance of rehearsing and preaching the gospel to himself every day that the gospel is not just a small topic of Christianity. It is the umbrella of which Christianity and our relationship with God and everything that goes along with it is viewed. That we have become over-familiar with the gospel and we've lost a lot of that first love, a lot of that excitement and passion, that we've lost the understanding of the fullness of the gospel, assuming we had it to begin with in the first place but just how big and how great the gospel is and how it affects every aspect of our life. So he's breaking that down into 31 small chunks, something you could look at every day and meditate on this area of the gospel and then what it looks like in our lives. And I've been picking out some of my favorite ones, some of the ones that I needed more work on, and some of the ones that I really just wanted to practice. So we're going to finish up this little, I guess we could call it series, this four weeks of talking about this book with number 28, which is Thankfulness Enriched by Relief. To quote Milton Vincent, he says, The more absorbed I am in the gospel, the more grateful I become in the midst of my circumstances 
whatever they may be. We know that God's will for us, we see it in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, is that in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's very easy for us to get caught up in life of looking for what does God want for me? Where does he want me to move? What job does he want? Where should I be? Like we're almost using God or we would like for God to be a little bit more of a magic eight ball to tell us where to go, what to do, and I'm just going to do it. Like, God, what is your will? There's definitely that in life. I believe God has put callings on many of us that we in obedience choose to follow after. But one of the things that I think is so very important and very missed is the fact that the will of God for a lot of us in our lives is a state of being, not a place of going or a thing of doing necessarily. But that, like we see in First Thessalonians, is that we are living in gratitude. That this is his will for us. And the gospel helps us do that. Is we've heard the expression, glass half full or glass half empty. And there's a better way to look at it. Focus on what you've got in the glass rather than the empty space of the glass. The author continues on with this metaphor of this glass being full of something when talking about gratitude. However, he turns it to the fact that, you know, the gospel reminds me that at first I had a glass completely full with God's wrath and torment. Like, that's what I deserved. That's what was available to me before coming to understand the gospel and accepting that gift of who Jesus is, what he has done, and what God has for me as I continue to go through life in the fullness of the gospel. Before all of that, I had a cup of wrath. Now, anyone who has had toddlers and has had sippy cups full of milk that have rolled under the seat in the car and have been forgotten about and not found for a while, picture that. (laughs) If you understand this metaphor, picture that just nasty, gross, like, oh my gosh, do I even try to save this cup and wash it out or do I just throw it away? Like, that's really what you contemplate in those moments. So think of just gross and nasty. And to go from having this cup full of wrath, full of nasty sour milk, to being empty and clean. So say you decide to save the sippy cup and you dump out everything into the sink, doing your best to plug your nose and look away and not get sick from it, but get it washed out and get it clean. And then it's sitting there and drying and you're like, Oh my goodness. Okay. That is so much better. Saved the cup. I'm good to go now. That's kind of how Milton is using this metaphor. Like there's so much to be grateful for in the fact alone that the cup has been poured out, that the wrath, the torment, all of the things that we've deserved is now gone. And just to live life knowing that, yeah, but my cup is empty. It is clear everything that I've deserved has been taken away from me. It is clean. It no longer reeks of rotten milk. And that enough should be able to keep us in this place of gratitude, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on. And even if a little bit of blessings were added back into that cup, those should be 
accompanied with huge amounts of gratitude because we don't need anything inside that cup to be blessed and to be saved and to realize the gospel. Just a clean, empty cup is enough, but that's not enough for God. He wants to lavish on us and he wants to bless us and he wants to show unbelievable kindness to me. And we should be blown away by that every day. And it is very easy to get caught up in the trap of wanting more and forgetting to be thankful because this world is a world that desires more. That's kind of the human condition that comes naturally. We see in the book of Psalms, the author of the Psalms, describe the cup of salvation, how our cup overflows. So this analogy of the cup definitely comes into play from Scripture. And we see in Ephesians 1, 3, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ. He wants to fill up that cup with spiritual blessings. What an inexpressible, unfathomable joy that we can have from the fact that not only is our cup empty, it is clean, it no longer stinks, but now it's actually going to be filled on top of it. I want to read to you the last paragraph that he finishes up this section on gratitude with. It says, when I look at my circumstance that God apportions me, I am first grateful for the wrath that I am not receiving in that moment. The empty part of that cup never looked so good. Second, I am grateful for the blessings that are given to me instead of his wrath. Life blessings, however small, always appear exceedingly precious when viewed against the backdrop of the wrath that I deserve. This two-layered gratitude disposes my heart to give thanks in all things, and it also lends a certain intensity to my giving of thanks. Such a gospel-generated gratitude glorifies God, contributes to peace of mind, and keeps my foot from the path of foolishness and ruin. Gratitude is so important. It's all about perspective. It's all about the fact that we can choose how we're looking at our cup every single day. We can be so very grateful and humbled by the fact that we have a clean, emptied cup. We can be completely humbled and full of so much joy in the fact that there are blessings in the cup at all. It would be enough to simply have it emptied, to have the wrath removed. But that's not enough for God. He's going to fill it, and he's going to bless us. And we can choose to look at that and remember how it got emptied, how it got clean, and how it is full again, and choose to be so incredibly excited and gratitude by that. But what I also think we tend to do, but sometimes we just plain forget about the cup. Sometimes we're just living life, going our own way, not even thinking about the fact that there's a cup. And unfortunately, a lot of times it can take bad things happening to make us realize the good that we have. When someone in your life passes away, it causes you to refocus and like, I need to be grateful for all the time that I have for every day that I've been given. I need to live each day to the fullest. And sometimes we're keenly aware that there's a cup. And we grab that cup and we walk around and we hold it out, pointing at other people, trying to get them to fill our cup, trying to get people in our lives and our circumstances to bless us, rather than leaving it on the table, pointing straight up and letting God just fill it. We take it and we point it out sideways at people like, oh, pour into me, 
Give me the things that I need so that I can feel full all the while they can just pour right back out. When something seemingly is taken away from us, it is very easy to lose track of gratitude. It is very easy to ignore blessings in our life because they aren't the blessings that we wanted. These blessings no longer look the way they looked before. And I prefer the ones that I had. Please give them back. So we try to manipulate what's in the cup. We try to manipulate in our anger, in our loud yelling, in our demands to return our blessings to the way that they were. And in so doing, we completely lose sight of the fact that we have blessings at all. I'm walking through this right now. This is a hard time in society. It is a hard time in education. It is a scary, hard, frustrating time for parents with their kids in school trying to figure out what does that look like? What do I do? Are schools opening this fall? Has COVID ruined schools forever? Is education going to completely change this blessing that we have of education in this country and in the lives of our children and the ability for everyone to go to school is being lost on the fact that it's not maybe going to be what it looked like before and that I want it the way that I want it, and I want it back, undisturbed, unchanged. I want what I want. There's a song. This reminds me of a song from a childhood, like in grade school, spring concert. There was a song called, I want what I want when I want it, and I want what I want right now. I won't tolerate delay, and I'm short on patience, hey. I want what I want when I want it, and I want what I want right now. And I think that is indeed the polar opposite of living in gratitude. Focusing on the things that we want and how we want it and when we, and when we want it. And our culture has been built around the fact that we can primarily get the things that we want when we want it and how we want it. Money, affluence, technology. I downloaded the app to be a door dasher just out of curiosity because a friend of mine is doing it and it's a ton of fun and it just kind of is eye-opening because you can really just get what you want, when you want, how you want it. My friend that has been door dashing, she has delivered McDonald's to a young boy, probably around 10 years old, a couple of times where his parents must be working and they give him free reign with DoorDash, and she's like, yeah, today I delivered him a McFlurry. And the next day was a coconut and apple pie. At a very young age, we learn how to get the things that we want. And they are made available to us. And that's not a bad thing, but it has, I do believe, contributed in a big way to this attitude of life. And a lot of times undetected because we don't even notice it because it's the norm. That we have every last bit of convenience at our fingertips. And if anything changes or takes that away, we really struggle with seeing the fact that there are blessings to behold in front of us at all. So my challenge to you today is to look at the glass and be grateful for the glass. Don't get worked up about what's in the glass or manipulating the glass because anything inside is just God lavishing his blessings on us. And that in light of the gospel, we should be so excited and so grateful and live in such joy and peace that in the midst of whatever circumstance, there are blessings in that cup. Sometimes we just need the reminder to open our eyes to look for them, to stare right at them, and to consider them indeed a blessing. To challenge this up 
rising inside of our own heart to want the things that we want right away, how we want them and want nothing more. And that if that is bumped or disturbed or ruined at all, to not allow that to change our perspective so much that we no longer see any blessings, but just to demand and force and attempt to control the blessings back to the way that we want to receive blessings. You don't really get to pick how you receive blessings sometimes. Sometimes it's just a gift that you've been given and you get to choose if you accept it or not. So I pray for just a weekend full of gratitude and full of recognizing blessings in your life this weekend. I'm going to do my very best to see that as well. Even in the midst of circumstances which aren't always lovely, they're just really not. We live in a world where a lot of times they're just not overly perfect and overly lovely. So it's really a great way to rehearse the gospel to ourselves, to remind ourselves that our cup of deserved wrath has been emptied, washed out, and clean. And praise God for that. And that every day we are blessed more and more and more on top of that and just given more of what we don't deserve, God's blessing and his grace. God, I pray that you help us to be focused on you, to be focused on this clean, empty cup, to be focused on the fact that you have taken away our punishment, our shame, that we are blameless, that we get to walk through life in joy and blessing and peace, and that we get to walk through knowing you more and more every single day and becoming more and more like you every single day. God, I pray that you help us to look at the glass and to see anything in it as the blessing that it is that we keep that cup upright and full of your blessings and not pointed and hand it to other people for them to fill it, for society to fill it, for convenience to fill it. God, they're lacking and they're disappointing. I pray that we focus on you and your blessings and are so grateful every single day because when we are doing that, we are living in the will that you have for us. And we are so grateful for that.